Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This could definitely be a year. How you going, guys? Uh, it's Lakey or um, Semi or whatever you want to call me here. Uh, filling in for the ever-reliable or ever-unreliable in this case, JT. Couldn't make it tonight. Um, rumors have it that he's fallen in love with a cowboy man and uh, run off to elope somewhere. Um so I've brought in some experts to help me, or an A expert, um, the mailman himself, Stylesy. How are you doing, big fella? Good, mate. How's it going? It's uh, um, good to have the two of us filling in for the uh, the great JT. The great JT is say the two of us aren't fit to carry his jockstrap, but we'll get through it. We'll we'll survive. Um, how's your week been? How was your weekend with Supercoach? And um, you were doing your job so to speak, from a Bucks party, I understand. How's the head and how's the recovery? <laughs> Look, I uh, I got through it all. I was I was actually pretty impressed. I think I only stuffed up one position and no one really called me out on it. So uh, couldn't have asked for a, for a better outcome from that. We were doing uh, doing pub golf from about 12, uh, 12 p.m. So yeah, fair bit to uh, fair bit to get through. But I I set up all my templates and had it ready to go to give myself the best possible chance. So. Uh, hopefully got through it for the punters. Jesus, mate, you've done super well. I kept seeing it drop in across the weekend, and I, I thought it's still coherent. I couldn't quite – I couldn't <laughs> understand why I couldn't understand it. So you've either had a very quiet evening or you're just the ultimate professional, which is something we're not used to around these parts. So um, kudos to you. No, we'll go We'll go with the ladder, mate. I preloaded everything I could Um I think I, I copped a I copped a couple of stroke penalty on the pub golf for being on my phone because there was no phone rule. So Worth things, it. the things the things I do for the people, mate. The people, mate. The people come first. That's it. Re- forget your mate who's getting married. He's got to ruin his <laughs> life anyway. Him. So, um, <laughs> listen, we'll um, we'll jump straight into it. We've got a fairly big one considering the week that it is. Um, we're going to go through a bit of a rundown of the people's team. I thought since we've got the mailman on board, we'll uh, pick his brain, anything we should know, any of late mail or early mail for from the weekend uh, coming. Um, we'll talk a little bit about our cheapies, who we should get in, who should get out, and um, we'll finish the week with what our plans are. How's that sound? Yep, let's do it, mate. Ready to go. Unbelievable. Let's get it done. The people's team, as I said, we're um, – we're doing all right. We, we've scored an 11.25 this weekend. We dropped, a f- what, 4,000 uh, places in the rankings to be just outside the 6K, which is far, far better than I'm doing. So I'm, I can only applaud everyone out there making the right choices, picking the right captains, making the right trades. Um, how do you sit uh, compared to these guys? Mate, I wish I had the people's team. <laughs> Doesn't it look it's, good? Uh, it came out of the gate strong, didn't it? Dropped off a little bit last round, but you can't argue with uh, the collective uh, brain power of the um, SC Tour community, mate. They're, they're doing better than, than I am. Exactly right. And I saw the post went up by when in this morning about um, how it was going and the, the pundits are already in there making comments and getting the net ball rolling. Um Trades will be big importance this week to that team and obviously captain throughout the week. So you can vote on those in the buy, sell, hold when Carlos drops that. I believe he's doing that tomorrow morning or around lunchtime and I'll be putting my stuff out on Thursday again. So you can make those votes there and have your say on on the uh, people's team. Moving along to our man here, Stalsy. He's um, 
the absolute guru when it comes to all the late mail or, or early mail or any mail um, got a finger in every pie across the league, it seems. I don't know how you do it, but you, you're on the ball with everything. So is there anything we need to know heading into week three? Well, leading in, I think a lot of the news came out pre-teams. Uh, so things like uh, Fatal Mariner's foot, we know he's out for three to four months. We had Chanel Harris-Tavita out three months as well. Um, so one of the one of the running jokes last year uh, with JT was stay away from anyone who's in my draft side. So have a guess at some of the players in my draft side. Fatal Mariner, <laughs> Chanel Harris-Tavita, um, I have uh, I had Andrew Davey. I picked him up. I've got Ponga, who's not back yet. So everyone beware of uh, bringing in Mitch Barnett and guys like that because I've got him kicking around as well. Oh um, God, mate, you're doing worse <laughs> than the banner. I've got I've got Stains too. So he'll probably uh, he'll probably bow out for a one this week. Um, but something that didn't really come up uh, pre teams news was uh, the Storm dropped a bit of an injury update. So. I think I saw Harry Grant round five at the earliest, so still a little bit away for him. Uh, Dale Finucane was two more weeks minimum, so for anyone with Christian Welch or uh, probably to a lesser extent, Brandon Smith uh, got at least another couple of weeks with them in the roles they're currently in. Uh, Branko was looking like round four. Um, and on the Knights front, I saw um, our mate, uh, Barry Tui was saying that there's a chance Barnett could keep the kicking duties when Pong is back if he keeps banging him over from the uh, from the sidelines like he has been. So that's uh, that's very promising and probably one sort of out of the blue one. There was something doing the rounds about Cody Walker, like getting a high ankle sprain or something out six to eight weeks. But I think it was just a bit of a uh, G up. I haven't seen anything substantial around that. Um, but I did see That's that the first doing I've heard of it. The very first I've heard of it. So I'd be surprised if that if Cody Walker was out, it would be everywhere. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, someone posted it on one of the one of the Facebook groups, and that was sort of the first I saw it. And apart from a couple of people asking questions around it, it was apparently a nine news update. So you'd imagine uh, nine would have had had that post ready to go. Were it true? But yeah, I haven't haven't seen anything substantial around that one. Yes, and the big media is very reliable when it comes to all the NRL news. Um, <laughs> so nothing else of interest to us. I, I note you said um, Welch is still a good option for those that have him until Finucane gets back. Um, do you know what the plans are? Finucane will be back. He played primarily lock last year, if I recall. Well, when I did the mega guide, there was chat at the time of him playing through the prop rotation anyway. So in my predicted side, I had him coming off the bench um, with basically what we've, we're looking at now. So, I mean, there's a chance it could still happen if they want to keep him fresh and maybe keep his minutes a bit lower to just trot him out off the bench to play 40 or 45 through the front row rotation. Yeah, that's it. And it's an old man calf injury that he's got, so they're always tricky. They might want to temper that when he comes back. But I guess what I was thinking of um, for those Welch owners, he's doing pretty well at the moment. Um, if Finucane does come back and steal a little bit of his thunder, we've got your big boy Payne Haas returning next week. Um, could be a bit of a, a straight swap there. Well, that's what I saw Welch as anyway. I was hoping just for maybe a month or a little bit over of bigger scores to make that uh, bridge a little bit closer uh, to Payne Haas when he came back. So if he can, like, he's got a break even at 37, so not not too bad. He should get a little bit of an uptick, um, particularly if he stays a bit close to last week's score than his uh, week one score. Well, he did that in torrential rain. So if he can do that in the dry again, we'd be very happy. All right, mate. Like, it, it's the most port- important week of the year um, for Supercoach outside of the first week and getting your team set. But this week, um, two weeks into the year, the prices are about to change. Um, What's your strategy around trades? Do you go all out in this week or do you still play it as it lies and and make trades only as needed? No, I think you've got got to use both this week. Um, Last week, knowing kind of what we know now with uh, players – cheapies with question marks on them like Ryan James and that sort of thing. I'm normally an advocate of not spending trades in the first week just to see how things shape up. But 
I think this week you definitely have to spend the two to fix up the cheapies who you may have picked wrong or we're, we're already in it in, in um, injury carnage. We've got Matto out. We've got Nathan Cleary potentially out and all sorts kicking around and it's only round three. So um, you would have had to pick a very lucky side to uh, to not have to use both of your trades this round, I think. Yeah, and that's it. it. If you're at the top end and you're doing that without Nathan Cleary, bully to you, you've done fantastic. But he's um, far and away the best halfback option. I don't think there's another guy within Kui of him in the halfback position. Yeah, I um, I haven't checked like the averages or the guys, but he was the one. Like Even with Teddy at fullback, you've got – even though he's far and away the best one, you've still got other like high-performing fullbacks. But at halfback, it's just Cleary or nothing really. It's a uh, just yeah. a wasteland for um for premium options. Apart from uh, yeah. Michael Morgan, as JT would have uh, chimed in just then, had he made it. Of course he would have, and that's why we booted him. I've just brought up the stats on the side. Um, Nathan Cleary's on in fifty-five percent of teams. And he's actually been outscored by two points by Luke Keary, um, who's only just under 9% of teams. So if you took the pod route there, you're winning. Um, you're well and truly winning. You're, you're 200K in the better and two points up. Um, slightly behind those two on uh, one point behind Nathan Cleary is Ben Hunt, surprisingly. Outrageous. <laughs> it's ridiculous, isn't it? He had a 116 last week, which has really pumped his score, but... It's doing pretty well, only in 2% of teams. So those guys have got himself a real good pod there. That's that's a bold call to start with him, though. So kudos to uh, to those super coaches. Either ex-Broncos fans or Dragons fans, that's all it can be. It's definitely not ex-Broncos fans. There we go. Maybe Cowboys fans. Maybe JT's <laughs> got a soft spot for him. Essentially. Um, as we said, as you just said before, the fullbacks and, and they're all doing pretty well. I was having a look over them this afternoon um, while doing my captain's research and it just – you've got three guys there, um, Teddy, Puppy, and Latrell, all sort of different point uh, price ranges, but they're all just killing it to start the year. You know, Teddy's gone a 137 average, Puppy's at 99, and Latrell's at 93, um, which is great for their price points. And they're all sub-20 break-evens coming into this week. And What do you do if you're not on one of those guys? Oh, you you just have to be like fullbacks. One of those positions you don't mess around with. You just it it often doesn't pay to pot up. Like those who were skipping Teddy, hoping he'd come down in price after a quiet start because he had this um, had these uh, figures from previous years where he might have started slow. He's uh, he's got one of the the better break evens for his position and will probably crack the million at some stage. Pappy was very popular. Probably the one out of those is Luttrell. I think a few question marks on him coming in, uh, coming back from injury. Didn't set the world alight last year, but he looked really good in the charity shield. So I think a few would have taken a punt based on that. And he's definitely repaid the faith for those owners. Yeah, exactly right. And he, he was at mid-60 score last week, I think, and he got sin-binned, if I recall. Yeah. So, you know, missing 10 minutes plus 10, eight points or something for that. And he's at a 93 average still. Uh, yeah, well, That's incredible. I was on that, like, like we know, I was on that pub crawl and I was um, with a mate who had Luttrell in draft and he came over at one stage of the afternoon and he goes, mate, have a look at the most Luttrell-like result ever. And it was, yeah, great scoring, sin bin, minus 10 try or something. I'm like, yep, 100%. That is what you signed up for. Well, that's it. He's a bit of a roller coaster in itself. But what Latrell's doing this year with his work rate is something we haven't seen from him before. So I have no doubt that he can kick on and make a big year of it. Um, but, you know, if you don't have these guys, maybe you're holding out for a Turbo or Ponger and they're just around the corner too. So it's an incredible market we've got for those guys and only two positions to fill. Uh, it makes it super difficult. Yeah, that's the trickiest. Like we need, we need more of these. Like when when Tommy Turbo was center wing fullback and a couple of those when you could actually fit him in. But a lot of the best talent in the game is like under five percent ownership, just because you can't have them all. So seems like a waste of talent. But uh, here we are. <laughs> yeah, and anyway, we'll move on. I could gush over these guys all day, but we'll we'll move on. That's not what we're here for. Um, coming into round. Three, you, you want to be on the money makers. Um, there's plenty of them. 
we've got a good list of cheapies, especially in the centre wing. Um, but it's a it's a massive gamble at the moment. Centre wing roulette. Um, who are the good and who are the bad? Well, I think um, Tessie Niu sort of stuck his nose out in front in in those uh, stakes last round for mine. Like he put up a, a cracking score and what was a well, for the first 34 minutes was a pretty closely fought game, and then it was just absolute floodgates after that. But he finished on uh, 92, which owners are very happy about, um, and there's a lot of them. So he's got a minus 48 break even. Um, Dane Laurie as well, uh, obviously killing it um, as fullback for the Tigers there. And then after those two, for cheapies at centre wing, it kind of falls off a fair bit. You've got Roberts who didn't play with his shoulder injury. You've got Staines who's pumping out a whopping 14 in our 248, uh, 280-minute performances. Fuzit who has not really done anything so far. So you've got you've got some elite options there and then some uh, some ones who are probably going to need a few tries uh, and be moved on quickly. Yeah, that's it. And that's kind of what we rely on with these centre wing guys. They can fall over the line at any stage. And JT and I talked about it at, at nauseam last week that you just don't get rid of them this early in the year because it only takes that one game to turn it around. And I know many people were considering booting Tessie last week because he was underperformed in round one. But, you know, you'd be kicking yourself watching that Friday night game you know, and seeing what he was doing. Yeah, that would have been a real rough watch. I think with these guys, you're right. Like, if we're looking at cost of a trade, it's unless you, for some reason, can foresee like that they're definitely not going to score in the foreseeable future. You just got to ride them out for when they actually get an attacking stat. Because if we value a trade at about 100k, which is a pretty basic calculation, you want to be making at least that from the guy who you go to. And because they're so attack reliant, you just you just can't pick who's going to go big when. So I think you just got to ride it out unless they get hurt or something significant happens to their role or their team. Yeah, exactly right. And you mentioned Staines before, who's almost 300K um, and has 21 points combined across the first couple of weeks. Um, I can see the argument to getting rid of him. He comes up against Penn, uh, sorry, he's in Penrith. He comes up against Melbourne on Thursday night, which are just notorious for low scores, uh, super coach scores. So it's it could be another rough one. I can't play him, but I also can't get rid of him knowing what the Panthers have ahead of him. Um, yeah, well, that's weeks. it. Like, I'm, I'm not playing him either, but he's he was a popular option for a reason because he scored, like, six tries in a game and a half last year. Like, I know it was on the other, the other side of the field, but, like, that's – what he's got in him. So we can only imagine one of the best attacking sides with one of the best draws that at some stage um, he's he's going to come good. He might drop, I don't know, 50K or something over that time, but you'd, you'd have to think he makes it back with a couple of good performances and really who, who are you going to? Like the other not so highly owned options are Mead, who has a negative break even now, but he really came back to earth after being pretty popular. You've got Sebastian Chris, who, um, is, yeah, is not there because uh, Jared Croker's back. Uh, so unless you're flipping him for like uh, up for like a Ryan James via Capewell or something, there's not a not a huge amount of places you can go. Yeah, and unless you've just like blatantly skipped one of the other cheapies who you should have. <laughs> exactly, that was going to be my next point. If you're not on. Uh, Dane Laurie or Tessie New for whatever reason, um, this is your chance. Get them in now. And if it if it means trading stains, I'd say do it. You, you're going to miss out on a lot of um, a lot of cash for not having those guys. Stains break even is 74. So even if he bags a try, maybe two this weekend, he's not going to move the needle a whole lot. And he's going to have that 10 in his rolling average for another week. Um, it's, yeah. It'll cost a couple trades. But if he comes goes bang this week and next week, um, you could always get him back in and it won't have cost you too much cash. Yeah, and I guess the good thing with him is, like, last round score wasn't great. Well, neither of them were, but at least the first one's only in his rolling average for this week, basically. So, like, if he bags a try or something against Melbourne then goes on a bit of a run, that first score's not going to weigh down his price too much. The second one will hang around for a bit, but... 
I mean, we've picked him for a reason. He's an attacking guy with low base. We've seen the low base, so now we just uh, want to see the attack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, bef- you know, we'll, we'll move off kissing his ass now, but before we do, in the next six weeks, he plays... Manly twice, the Broncos and the Sharks. So there's a good chance of some attacking stats coming up there against those guys. Um, moving on, who are the? We've got a bunch of cheaper guys. You, you know, Little stands out to me as someone who's far exceeded expectations. He scored a try in each week, and he's averaging what seventy points or something like there or thereabouts. Yeah, just um, under. Just under. So the concern I have with Little is that he played just 51 minutes um, and by there on the bench as the utility came on. Um, I was talking to Wenin earlier who mentioned he may have had a HIA, but I I must admit I missed this game. Um, Have you got any intel on that? No, I was trying to find some info on it. He did cop a knock, but, I mean, I think with Embi in that utility role, we were expecting him to come off anyway. And, like, looking at his role at a guy who's under 250K, I think my expectation going in was 50 to 55 minutes. And if he got anything more than that, um, then I'd be cheering. So uh, I'm cheering. He played 80 and he's got a couple of tries. He's going to go up a fair bit in price. So I can't ask uh, much more of him there. I had to play him last week and uh, he rewarded me with 66. So, yeah, I'm uh, pretty happy with our old mate Little at the moment. How good does it feel when you just fall into that sort of score? It's brilliant. Um, yeah, negative 52 break even. So his price is going to skyrocket. Um, hopefully we can get some cheapies coming through the ranks in the next couple of weeks or even a fallen gun somewhere along the lines and you might be able to you know, flick him. Um, you'd be really happy with we're flicking him onto someone. Um, I was going to say Cook, but he had himself a game as well this past week. Oh, yeah, he turned it around, didn't he? Jeez. <laughs> yeah. I wonder who jumped off before traded, that. One of the most traded out players after round one. So, um, Make you feel sick, eh? <laughs> such as Supercoach. Um, who are the other must-have guys in your um, estimation? Um. Jordan Ricky, I think everyone's got him anyway, so no no point talking too much about him. But, um, yeah, he's got a negative 26 break even. You've got the popular sort of front row um, bench options of uh, Stefano and um, Spencer Lenniou, who both have negative break evens, and they've probably overperformed uh, maybe based on what I thought. Um, I was thinking maybe, yeah, real slow burns, but they're both, uh, they're both looking like pretty good options, averaging... 33 and a half for uh, Stefano and over 40 for Leniu. So they're working out pretty well. Um, if we're stretching it a little bit, you've got Watson, who I think, uh, even though he's come off the bench the last couple of rounds, it's great options. Uh, Ryan James, just, I wanted nothing to do with him <laughs> on, um, on the initial team that I put out with his, wasn't sure of his uh, match fitness, wasn't sure of his knees, wasn't sure of his role, um, but he's brained at these first couple of games and has a negative 52 break even, but I don't think I'll be able to get him in with the other moves I need to do now. Uh, he's been brilliant. Um, again, I was talking to the guys and uh, he's been a huge regret of mine. I, I talked him up in the mega guide. I was very high on him. I thought the Raiders have gone out and got him for a reason. But, um, yeah, there was those question marks around his health and fitness, so I ended up bypassing, and he's, he's really made me pay for it. But um, negative Again, another negative 50 break-even. He's at two less than 240K, and um, as we stand, he's the second most traded in player this round, and I can't say I blame anyone, but... Um, no, absolutely not. Like, if you're in a position where you can do it, I reckon you just do it. Even if he does regress a little bit to maybe 30s or 40s, he's going to make you just based on his current break, even over 100K uh, in in real quick fashion. And then you can maybe uh, maybe flick him on. So definitely don't hate that move at all. No, it's, it's good. And so it's something I was looking at, but with Matto being an out for me, it's um, it's hard to justify going from that type of price down to James just to... For a bit of cash generation. Oh, that that Matto one's a killer. I um actually as 
as you know, because we've uh, spoken about it, I had Barnett in the Maddo position in my side right up That's until right. game day. That's and right. And then I got cold feet on not having Maddo against the Broncos and restructured my side. I think I had, I think I had Barnett and Josh Jackson, and I flicked like I downgraded Jackson to someone and then upgraded Barnett to Maddo. And I would have been laughing if I'd just stayed the course, but I got uh, got a little bit scared, and I'm paying for it now. Yeah, see, that's what you get for asking our advice. We, we probably, I think I talked you out of it. Um, I was really high on Maddo and I had a few question marks over Barnett, so I've probably, I've given you a bum steer on that one. I'm sorry, mate. Haven't, haven't uh, Kurt Mann flashbacks to, to last season, mate? Oh, tell me about <laughs> it. Isaiah like, yeah. Um, he who shall not be named. Yeah, yeah, let's not get away from that one. Um there's a guy that's standing out in that sub 300k front row, um, Hetherington. Um, I know a fair few people were on him, but uh, a 33 break even coming into this week, and he's got scores of 33 and 34 from his first two weeks at 56 minutes a game. It's just he's been awful for Supercoach. Yeah, he was a popular one in that sort of Matt Lodge-like price bracket when everyone was trying to go cheap and nasty at front row with maybe one premium, one like Lodge or Hetherington or or thereabouts price player and then the two super cheap guys. But yeah, that PPM for a a middle rotation player is atrocious and he he just has to be moved on. I think um, probably Hetherington to James would be one of the most popular trades if you haven't moved him on already for those who had him. Couldn't agree more, mate. That's exactly what I'd be doing if I had Hetherington. I'd be flicking him down, getting 60K and getting, uh, well, much, much more than 60K after this weekend. Yeah, interesting. He's not in the top 10 most traded out that I can see on this list we've got here. So either people have moved him on or maybe uh, not as many brought him in as as thought. I was say, you'd have to assume that um, he wasn't that popular to begin with, but I know a few people were on, so... Hopefully you weren't one. Hopefully you avoided. But if you did, um, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Get rid of him. Yeah, that's it. Um, there's one guy I wanted to ask you about, Terrell Fuimoano. Did you oh, get man. on again this year? No, I, did, I didn't get on him this year. So, um, though, like I think it's already been mentioned in some of the preseason pods, but he was my guy when I got uh, timed out for Bradman Best last year because I just simply forgot to do the trade after I tweeted the final team. I put my phone down, walked away, and remembered as I heard the boys running out. The only other option uh, for that centre position was Fui Maiano, and, you know, edge second rower playing at centre wing, uh, goldmine, right? But he's a cheapie every single year for a reason, and I, I just couldn't go near him this year, particularly at just a static second row. Um, he's been doing pretty well. <laughs> Yeah, so he's he's um, proven a few of us wrong, but not too wrong that I think he's a must-have. So if you started with him, great news. If not, don't stress. Yeah, I definitely. If if you started with him, you you're laughing, but if, I wouldn't bring him in if you don't have him already. I don't think he's going to make enough cash to actively burn a trade uh, to bring in someone of his sort of low base and yeah, money-making potential at this stage. Unless you literally have no other problems in your team and, and you can make it work. If you have no other problems in your team, just save the trades. Yeah. Why why waste them? Yeah, if you've got no problems in your team, you've probably done well and you're not the type of person who's considering bringing them in any, anyway. So. All right, mate. We might take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll look at some of the more expensive guys who might be luring a few people in this week. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, Stylesy, we're back, mate. Um, looking at some boom or bust players, some Trap City guys, and I, um, JT and I spoke about this last week, and I found a little something to get us going. Give me a... That does have uh, JT written all over it. That's got JT written all He's so gangster up in Townsville. Um, boom or bust, we've spoken about Barnett before. Looks like a great option. He's the third most traded in guy at the moment. Second roller who goal kicks, um, you know, Corey Parker-esque. Uh, is there any reason you can see Notte have him? Uh, not at this stage. Um, he's he's kicking, he's scoring tries, uh, he's reasonably priced. If you're a Matto owner, it frees up 120k to fix up another spot in your side potentially. And like I alluded to earlier, there is every chance that he just keeps the goal-kicking duties ahead of Ponga when he's back if he keeps slotting them at the rate he has. And he's a real like high-confidence dude. I remember before he... Uh, before it got announced, he was taking over the duties when it was between him and Tex Hoy, and Hoy was um, preferred. Apparently, the quote was Barnett said something like, it's it's not over yet, let me have the kickoff or something, and they kicked off, and he just, like, obviously, here we are now. So he's a he's a high-confidence guy. No, I like him. I'm, I'm bringing him in. Yeah. yeah, I have to agree with you, as you said, 550k he's got a negative break even so he's gonna earn some cash too and if he does lose the goal kicking to ponga when he comes back which is still a possibility but um seeming more and more that he's going to keep it um even if he does lose it he'll have earned a good chunk of cash and you can maybe trade him for a matter when he gets his head right and gets back in the game yeah i think that's a i think that's a great move like you said worst case he'll probably make us he could make us a hundred grand, like in a in a few weeks, if he keeps up the the ratings out now. So, definitely a phenomenal option. Second, uh, what did I see before? He's like the second highest averaging second rower behind Crichton or or something like that. So, well, Crichton's played one game and scored ninety eight, so that probably doesn't yeah surprise. Yeah, definitely. No, I can't think of too many reasons not to, not to bring him in unless you legitimately can't afford it. No, that's it. Um, the next couple of guys I've got on my list here, um, potential hookers. And when I say potential hookers, um, I've got Ben Hunt here who can be swung between that and halfback. I know a few people, we spoke about him before, 2% ownership, um, and a lot of people are jumping on him after a score of 116. Uh, he's at the same sort of price range as Reed Mahoney, who also has a massive negative break even and is playing out of his skin at the moment. Or for a, a saving of 100K, um, and the best break even of the lot of them is Jaden Braley. Where would you be throwing your hat? Uh, I'm throwing my hat on Braley, as I think a lot are. That that extra 100, 120K definitely makes a difference, uh, even if not this week, if you're just freeing up cash this week, maybe next week or the week after. Um, having said, though, I think... Some people, uh, there's a legitimate strategy out there where you bring in the higher price guy still with a negative break even, and it makes the bridge to Harry Grant when he's back a little bit shorter and maybe a week or two sooner. Um, so there, there is that sort of strategy that I can see. I think I saw a couple of people talking about it, actually just copying the, the higher price, making the cash, and then making the leap, the maybe direct leap to, to Grant in a few weeks' time. Um, but for me, I can't make the money work on those guys, but I was probably leaning Braley anyway. He's he's looked phenomenal. I was a little bit concerned um, coming off that injury, so I didn't start with him. And uh, I thought he was going to play 80, but I wasn't sure if he'd be a little bit hampered or hesitant or whatever. But he's just picked up right where he left off last year in his one or his two games, but <laughs> one and a half with healthy legs. <laughs> oh, that's it. Played... Um... 
better part of his second half on with a torn ACL and still knocked up an 80 score. He's been just magic since he's been at the Knights. Um, but I had the same concerns. He's not been a huge scorer previously. Um, and No, well, before um, that at the Sharkies, his average um, as a starter was 45.7. And I'm pretty sure his first game with the Knights um, last year was only like low 40s as well. So to me, the... The 72, I've just found his profile now from last year. He got 72 in that second game where he tore his ACL, which led to that high-looking average. I thought the 72 was the outlier, so I was I was kind of high on him. Then I drifted off uh, a bit when I looked into it a bit more, like based on that performance. But he's he's just braining it this year, so just going to bring him in if, if <laughs> just for the price rise, if nothing exactly. else. But he's definitely at play with the, the Knights draw. He, that and that's what the point I was going to bring up. He could be just taking advantage for the Knights draw, um, who have Wests this week, then the Dragons in round four before a tougher game in round five. If I can bring it up in time, uh, Titans, Titans Titans in round five, which will be hard uh, game. Now they're looking really good, um, but then go on to play the Sharks before a couple of harder games in Penrith, Roosters, and Raiders. So there could be a very nice. Uh, run of points over the next three to four weeks for those sorts of players before you look to cash them out, as you said, to a, a Harry Grant, who's due back in about three weeks, you said, and then a couple of weeks after that, he'll um, have, be looking, potentially dropping price, depending on how he's going. Yeah, well, that's it. Like, even when he's back, you don't have to make the trade right away. So if we're saying, I think I read like minimum round five. So if we say round six is his first game back, Braley still has the Sharks that round. Uh, and then, so that'll be Grant's first game. Is uh, Then he's got the Panthers and then you can, then it'll be Grant on the bubble. So you can see where he's at. So potentially only one game there against Penrith that's um, going to be particularly challenging for him. And at that stage, you, you're right on the precipice of seeing whether you want to make that leap straight to Grant. So I think it's pretty good timing. And that's assuming round six back for Grant and not round five. So we could, we could, perfectly have that draw marry up with uh, the straight swap. So that's what I'm hoping for. And that's, as you said, round six for the Storm and Harry Grant is up against the Roosters. So that's going to be a tough one. But then from round seven, the Storm play the Warriors, Sharks, um, Bunnies, Dragons, Raiders, then Broncos. So it's a really good run post his return. Um, And if he's back and healthy, that his legs are okay. Um, what did he do? Was he, did he do a knee or is it his shoulder that he's hurt? Um, I'm pretty sure his knee. Now, you, now you've... <laughs> yeah, no, I'm blanking. I'm blanking. <laughs> That's on me. I'll take that one. But, yeah, no, so it's a good run for him. Um, and either way, you'll be wanting to get him in at one stage anyway. So, Brayley, um, I can understand the Mahoney option in that respect. He, it's um, He'll throw another 100K on his price just over the next two to three weeks. Um, so they'll be pushed up towards 600 and he'll be a straight swap for those top guys, the Cooks or Grants anyway. So if you've got the money there, I can definitely see um, that quick turnaround. Yeah, and if, if they just keep going, like you might hold on to him. I'm pretty sure both of them, like him and um, Braley and Marnie, both play that first buy. So at a stretch, if they're both going okay, you can maybe just keep them around a bit, <laughs> maybe free up some cash elsewhere and upgrade your, your Jacob Little to Harry Grant and run a a Grant and Braley or Grant and Marnie combo if the if it all works out. And if they're putting up those sort of scores, you'll be laughing with that combination. Yeah, um, 100%. Moving on, I've got a couple of Chooks players here. Uh, Kiri, who's come out of the blocks huge the first couple of weeks, um, he's averaged 97 and setting up all the tries. He, looked, he just ran right on the Tigers' left defense there. But, um, I mean, you or me could have run through the defensive effort, Jay. Uh, Joey Leilua was putting up. Um, but Oh, yeah, yeah. that was it, disgraceful. <laughs> oh, didn't they say? It didn't even look like he was trying. Didn't honestly just had given up. But um, for those people with maybe running a, a Cleary-Sam um, Walker combination, you know, enough in the in halfback, you're looking at a, um, a donut this week. Would you be tempted to go to Cleary and, and bank 200K? Uh, luckily, I've got Fogarty as my backup half, so worst case, I can plug him in and find points elsewhere. But if I was a Cleary and Walker owner, um, 
the temptation would definitely be there. Um, I'm I'm a bit gun shy on trades at the moment just because we had so many last year, and I think people might be coming out pretty strong just expecting to have the the two per week, um, like like we experienced. So I'd I'd be leaning towards just copying copying your AE and just saving that trade. But I can definitely see the appeal. Like Cleary, he uh, Kiri, he he killed it last week, and with that negative break, even he could he could make a bit of coin and then be swapped back. The only thing would be that's that's your two trades gone out of your total, so you'll run out a little bit sooner. Yeah, exactly right. And um, it's something I'm trying really hard to do this year after failing last year with with max trades. Um, you could just flick guys at at a whim last year, and um, it ended up costing me guys like Teddy where I brought him in and he got knocked out and so I flicked him and then I struggled to get him back in, those sorts of moves. I'm not going to do that this year. So even with if Cleary's missing, I don't see the point in moving him for a week or two. Um, yeah, you want, if, we're, if we're doing that loose valuation of 100K per trade, you want Kiri to make 200K um, to make it even on par just to bring um, Cleary back in. So... Um, yeah, just something it's to keep in mind ask, if you're yeah. considering that. <laughs> That's it. Um, Lindsay Collins has really come out strong too. Um, low 400s. He's got a break even of only three. He's averaged just under 70. Um, but it's front row only. With guys like, um, as we said, Hedrington before, underperforming, um, Matt Lodge, if you're making a little bit of money uh, or have made a little bit of money from the Maddo move or something like that, would you be looking at possibly bringing in Lindsay Collins? Uh, potentially. Like, he has definitely done well, and um, I'm just really excited for the uh, front row halfback uh, dual position next year based on all those tries he was setting up on the weekend. But um, <laughs> he's 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 at an awkward price. Like, he's at a price point where you've got your two Panuas, like – for a little bit more, you've got your Welchers and that sort of thing. And being front row only, um, if you've got a Takiyaho and like a Welch or a Tino, which is pretty common, you're not going to trade those to Collins. If you've missed out on Leniu and um, Stefano, I think you have to have them as the cheaper guys. So really the only people looking at him would be like the Hetherington owner or if someone wasn't able to get Lodge out or you've got a uh, offer Higdy Ogden or someone who you need to get yeah. rid of. You've got yeah. to find, you've got to free up 100, 150k to make that happen. So I think it's yeah, it's a pretty pretty tricky position to be in. I'd I'd just bring in a Ryan James or something if you don't have him. Yeah, and there's nothing to say that he's going to keep these scores up. He's looked fantastic, um, but it is a risk. You're right, and he's at that awkward price range. And his minutes you, went down. He had 62 in the first game, but 51 last round, and he was propped up by 16 through creative stats and 14 through evasion stats. So uh, I, I, particularly the creative stats I don't see continuing, and he had a base of 49. So, uh, I could, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and you've got yeah, no. you've got guys you've, like Radley coming back. you got Verrill's on the horizon and a couple of things Crichton's kicking around back there. This week. Crichton's back this week. So... There's there's a bit happening in that pack, so he's he's Jesus, a strong side. Oh yeah, that's disgusting, isn't it? Where you go, oh, I've lost Crichton for a week, but I can just bring in like whoever you want, like Butcher, and you've got all these other like rep level players just waiting in the wings. It's uh, definitely a good problem to have. And meanwhile, your boys up here in Brisbane are, are struggling with cap pressure at the moment with the side that they've got. <laughs> we're, it makes we're you struggling wonder. with cap pressure where. Trying to stave off people from re-signing Tommy Dearden, but won't give him a run in the side that hasn't won a game yet. And we're letting like future stars just walk away to the Warriors, and then doubling down on like other like yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I'm in I'm in all sorts just thinking about it. <laughs> well, you signed Jordan Ricky for a couple of years today, so yep, you can happy have with a drink that. and celebrate that one. Yep, happy uh, with that. Um, is there anybody else we should be looking at? Um, you know, anywhere across the board? Um, well, I think we've got on the run sheet, uh, it just says Milford Trap. So I think Yeah, that, I just wanted to throw that in. That made me laugh. I think that says everything we needed to see there after he uh, had a phenomenal game in that first round and then was basically invisible that next round. Um, 
Yeah, if we're looking at some of the other traded guys, I think I think we've covered off most of them, um, particularly in that that cheaper category. Probably another one that stands out a little bit is uh, Sutili Tupanua, uh, 410k. Um, we were pretty concerned about his base heading in, but uh, I guess you don't need base when you when you've got three or four tries in uh, in two games and another one that was uh, that was disallowed and he could have had even more. So he looks like a reasonable money maker as well uh, in that in that sort of 400k price range. Yeah, and just very reliant on attacking stats is Satili. That's uh, why I didn't bring him in initially, but he, yeah, he's he's just had the attacking stats. So well, he's in the Roosters, and they're just full of attacking stats. It's you know, there's enough to go around for everybody. It seems, but you we'll just, just wonder at, when that's going to dry up. We'll just look at Brett Morris, who no one no one was going near because he was probably the biggest regression candidate in, in the last few years of SuperCoach, and he's um he's yeah, not top slowed down whatsoever. Moment, yeah, outrageous. Um, so they. They just have points in him. That's just the team they are. And surely he's not going to retire next year. He keeps getting better and better. Like yeah, like a fine wine, mate. And it hurts me to say that as a as a Queenslander, but um, yeah, he's 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 lovable. He, he is. He lovable. is. It's it's hard not to like the Morris twins. Consider I've got twins of my own, mate. And I was just telling them the other day about the Morris twins. Brett and, Brett and Josh. Yes, no, not <laughs> the NBA ones. I can't stand those ones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, definitely not. Um, now, future problems, any future problems that we've got coming up? We spoke earlier about uh, Payne Haas coming back into the lineup next week. His suspension was for three rounds. Is that right? Yep. Yep. So he's back. Um, he'll be one that everybody's going to be looking at, seeing how he goes. There was a lot of talk in the preseason about his um, minutes being limited a little bit so he can try and get his work rate up. Um, I'm not sure the Broncos can afford to have him off the park at any stage. Yeah, I think the lower minutes was perfect world where we were not how we are right now. Um, but even then, like, it, look at his 2019. He averaged 64 minutes for a 78 average, and last year was 72 minutes for a 75 average. So you, you can definitely see, like, he, he upped his work rate in those shorter minutes. So I don't think the average is going to be a problem. And we get... He's back next round, so we get two free rounds to look at him and potentially an extra two rounds of uh, price rises for someone like a Christian Welch or or someone who you've got in that front row position. I think the goal for me was to always have sort of one of those middle, uh, mid-range price guys who can make a bit of cash to make that bridge easier and quicker for when Haas is back because he's definitely who you want in that front row rotation along with someone like a, a Takiaho or a Junior Paulo or one of those guys. So being a Broncos man, with Haas coming back, what does that do to TPJ? Because he's been absolutely killing it the first two weeks. He had 100 uh, last weekend, thanks to a late try, which won me a stack of cash, I might add. But he, um, how does that inclusion affect him? Where does he play? That that going to be the two boys in the middle? Yeah, well, he was a funny one, like, in the preseason, there was talk of him coming off the bench and then he was training at lock, uh, but playing a bit on the edge. And it was it was kind of all over the joint, really. So um, I'd like to say that there's a definite position where everyone uh, rotates through when Haas is back. But who, who knows these days? Like, based on how they're going, um, I'd be happy just seeing him staying at the eight. Like, we know Lodge is out for a bit and, like, just put Flegler back on the bench and run with a front row rotation of uh, Pangai and Haas. I'd be happy with that. Yeah, fair enough. So then Carrigan obviously loses a fair bit of time. Um, or will he stay at lock, do you think? It's, it's a funny forward mix-up there. Um, they've got a lot of big-minute middle guys um, and not that many minutes to go around. Yeah, you'd have to, like, Lodge was one who we all thought was going to get bigger minutes, but if he's already got injury problems when he comes back, you'd have to imagine it's just in lower minutes off the bench because he was hurt last year, he's hurt already this year. Um, I think lower minutes for Carrigan was on the cards until we've seen these sort of rotations. I was always expecting him to regress, so uh, I don't think that's going to be the biggest surprise if that happens. But, yeah, I'm just talking from a what-I-want-to-see point of view right now, and I'm happy to see uh, Pangai stay at front row with, with Haas and then have Flegger off the bench and 
have someone like Ben Teo drop out and something like that. Oh, in a perfect world, mate. In a perfect world, Ben yeah, Teo shouldn't we, be which isn't Which isn't where we live in our Broncos land, unfortunately. Mm. Well, as a Broncos hater, it's been pretty freaking good, I mean, I'll tell you. Um, we've got a couple of young boys coming through in the halves. We've got uh, Josh Schuster, 5'8 only at 203K. But he's playing in the second row with all their injuries. Um, got a, scored a 46 last week in 76 minutes coming on for Aaron, Andrew Davey, um, who just unfortunately has done his ACL and now gone for the year. Um, Schuster presents a really nice downgrade option for uh, Moylan, but it's not a move you have to make this week with Schuster only playing the one game. Is that someone you're looking at? Oh, absolutely. Um, if he – and I'm – I can be corrected if I'm wrong here because I don't follow the lower grades that much, but I'm pretty sure he was playing on the edge for the for the lower grade side, so it's not a new position for him, even though we think of him more as a, a 5'8 or even sort of a utility uh, sort of player because I'm pretty sure he, he, is a, he is a bigger body. Um, yeah, I think Moylan to Schuster is on the cards if uh, we get more of week two Matt Moylan than uh, week one Matt Moylan where he, looked, uh, where he looked like a really good option. So definitely, definitely one to keep an eye on there. And um, no concerns about Curtis Sirinan coming back in just a couple of weeks? There's definitely concerns with that. But with, with Davey out um, and, like, Joel Thompson gone, like, I think it'll be a close watch to see between um, Schuster and Gashevsky this week who performs better. Because Gashevsky, he gets he gets some, a few tries, but his work rate's not really there. And, like, if Schuster goes really well, like, Manley's not doing well, do you leave him there and, um, yeah, maybe have Sirinan come back and, and they're the edge pairing or something. Um, it's all, yeah, crystal ball stuff at this stage, but at least we get a, a look at him uh, again this week to see how well he performs. Because if, if he doesn't perform well, then you can probably put a line through him, but he might be worth the risk uh, even with Sirenin coming back if he uh, bangs out a good score. Yeah, hard to skip at 200K, isn't he? We didn't have that many cheapies to start the year, so he's, he's you know, it's a bad timing for him, um, but... It's going to be hard to miss. You got to feel for Eagles fans too. They came into the season with one of the worst rosters, and um, have just copped injuries and got worse. But oh, they've just been decimated, haven't they? Yeah, it's as much as it's fun to hang hang shit on Manly. It's um, it's got to be a hard watch for them. But light at the end of the tunnel. Turbo is just around the corner, guys. Keep he'll um, he'll he'll add some starch into you. Um, yeah, the other could there be a bigger about. upgrade than Tommy Turbo coming back and replacing Dylan Walker at fullback? Oh, I was surprised Dylan Walker's still playing first grade at this rate. Yeah. Um, Sean O'Sullivan, one of your ex-boys, uh, 230K, halfback only. With CHT out, he's got himself roughly 12 weeks to um, really cement a role in the team, but Paul Turner's hanging around on the bench what do you make of the 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 combination there yeah well um yeah i had the worries in the the mega guide and he was a guy who i said oh yeah won't get a run unless he unless there's a few injuries and i did more of a write-up on paul turner who um had an immediate impact in his debut last year and um he could have had a double but he was rightly disallowed the the two tries but in like three minutes so i i thought he would have been the one to to slot in but O'Sullivan's found himself in that spot, so I'd be I'd be a little bit worried about Turner on the bench since I think out of the two he is a, a better prospect. But O'Sullivan's come through. I think it was Panthers camp and was impressive in the juniors and that sort of thing, and just hasn't really had a chance to cement himself uh, full time in first grade, which he has now. So obviously, uh, coach has seen something in him and wants to give him that first crack over Turner. So see what he can do. Uh, halfback only is tricky because if you bring him in, like if you're a Cleary Walker owner, you're not going to downgrade Cleary if he's out for Sean O'Sullivan and have O'Sullivan and Walker. You're not going to upgrade Walker to O'Sullivan. So it's probably only a CHT owner who has Moylan or who has him at a halfback and Moylan at 5'8 or something who's going to look to make that move. But if, yeah, I don't know. I can't see too many bringing him in outside of maybe draft. <laughs> Yeah, he just he. 
I can see the appeal this week with uh, if Cleary's out and Walker's out. So he might be a cut price option to get you some points in that position. But you're right. It's almost worse uh, a waste of a trade. Spending the 50K to go up to him and not knowing how long he's going to be there or how he's going to perform. We have no uh, sample size of how he plays at the Warriors, um, how he's got those combinations going. So it could be just bad news. And Turner, from from everything I have heard and read about Paul Turner, is he's the future of the Warriors in the halves. And I was a bit surprised not to see him name that O'Sullivan was ahead of him on the pecking order. Because um, Turner's got huge wraps on him and um, – I, th- I think he should be taking over sooner rather than later. And it's not just the super coach in me that wants the cheap 5-8 slash center wing to come in and play, but he- the kid's a star and he should be playing first grade. Yeah, the only thing I can see is potentially like the the Warriors, they're, they're, in, they're in seventh at the moment. So throwing Turner in after he's played one game versus O'Sullivan who like – hasn't cemented his first grade side, but he has been through the system for a while. He he is more experienced and, and is a bit older. If they're in seventh and they see themselves making a push, maybe they, they put more faith in sort of a veterans, probably the wrong term in this scenario, but the guy who's been around a bit longer and is a little bit more established than like if they're coming 14th or like in the bottom of the table, maybe they just give turn of the reins, but that's I'm just trying to find some some logic in and I, I I think that makes makes sense based on their ladder position. It does. It does. You make an excellent point. And let's say it's still early in the year, so it could be just a um trying to get Turner some runs in the legs and integrate him into the team slowly off the bench. Um the next phase the best thing in Supercoach is a fallen gun. Um and we've got plenty of them crashing down to earth at the moment. Um, you know, Maddo's after his head knock and his half a game, he's on a 126 break even. Nofo's had a couple quiet ones. He's around 140 break even. Brimson's up there as well, DCE. Um, who are you going to be targeting in the next few weeks as prices just drop? Uh, I think it'll entirely depend on who's who's peaking at the right times. Like if we've got a center wing who just, like like say a, a, a Tessie Neo who just has a couple of blockbuster scores at a, an unmaintainable level and just goes up heap in price. And I'll probably look to, to bring in one of these fallen center wings. Um, if there's not much doing in that position, then do I look at a, a Welch upgrading somewhere or um, flicking Tino to front row and Welch to say Maddo when he's back or there, there's plenty of op- options and it's probably the most exciting time in Supercoach, right? Um, planning out the rest of the season. Like up until this point, we've just been trying to get team structure right. But now it becomes the game of, of managing your break-evens, managing your cash and and trying to build up that capital. It's a stock and, market. And it's a Supercoach stock market. Yeah, 100%. Um, so I guess, yeah, for me, I'm just going to keep an open mind and see see who's peaking and, and troughing at the right times because ideally you want to do these in one trade, right? You don't want to have to downgrade one to do another. So if someone's looking uh, looking like they're going to match up in a couple of rounds, I'll definitely write that down and try and make it happen. Yeah, it's still, if you're trying to trade a Tessie New straight to David and Ophololuma, you're going to struggle. <laughs> you're going to have to have a huge bank. Yeah, um, or make get, another make move that, that round. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So it, it is exciting. Um, as someone who wasn't on NOFO last year and just watched him become unattainable from a very, very early stage, it's nice to see him heading in the other direction and I can grab him at some stage. That'll be good. Yeah, it'll it'll feel good. It'll it'll make up for last season a little bit. <laughs> I hope so because I'm still fighting an uphill battle as we speak. Yeah. Um, so we've got through a lot there, mate. Um, all things considered, what are your – plans for this week we spoke about a little bit you said you were targeting uh barnett braley is that the trades you're looking at making yeah uh i can't see myself really straying away from that unless they have training mishaps and aren't going to suit up so i think i'm doing what's probably the most popular and looking at the most popular trades here um it is the most popular (laughs) um ryan madison to mitch barnett uh freeze up freeze up a bit of cash madison like we know he's at last, uh, out at least this round, and with his uh, history with concussions, it wouldn't surprise me to see him miss uh, miss a bit of time. Um, 
And then I'm going to do a uh, a locky lamb up to Jaden Braley, which I imagine would be uh, oh yeah, it's the the eighth Number most eight. popular trade uh, yeah. this round as well. Um, it pains me to miss out on cash rises from guys like Ryan James, um, but I only have two trades, and uh, at this stage, I I need the points and and the uh, cash generation, and Braley and Barnett uh, both give me that. Yeah, yeah. So it's hard to pass that up. Gives me another ninety-two and a half k in the kitty for a potential move next week or in the coming weeks too. It's nice to have that cash and that freedom. For me, I'm doing the same. I'm doing Mitch Barnett up to Madison. Uh, as you said, number one trade at the moment. Uh, two thousand one hundred and ninety-six people have made that same trade. Number two on the list is. Uh, Matt Moylan out to Jaden Braley. That's also my second trade. So I'm going very vanilla this week, getting a couple of my boys in, going for that um, that price rise. And as you said, I'm banking something hundreds plus K um, for some future moves. Um, captains, captain, vice captain, who you got this week? Uh, I don't think the captaincy is going to leave uh, James Tedesco uh, <laughs> unless there's a real reason uh, for that to happen. Like, even in the wet, like everyone was making the case to, I think everyone's finding reasons to not captain him last round and talking about the wet and obviously he killed it. Like, as you'd know, as an NBA fan, those years when people were finding reasons not to give LeBron James MVP just because they were bored with it. So I'm just going to stay the course with Teddy indefinitely. Um, VC, I've got tentatively on, on uh, Cleary, but um, obviously if he doesn't play, that's moot. Even though they're playing the Storm, he's obviously pretty dangerous option every time but honestly i haven't been looking too closely at vc because i don't see myself not keeping it on teddy unless someone drops an absolute bonanza score so i'll probably move that around a little bit over the course of things but uh, not as concerned with it at the moment yeah for those that might be concerned about teddy's matchup with south this week um he played them twice last year for 103 and 72 before that, he's had 78, 23, 57, 60, 59, 126, 71, 57 over the last few years. So it definitely puts up points on them still. Um, and we just, we can, we've seen what he can do. He played, uh, you know, obviously a weaker manly side week one and just destroyed them. Um, played in horrible wet conditions last week and destroyed the Tigers. So it could be another bloodbath for Teddy. It's hard to go past him. It really is. It's going to be – I I feel bad for anybody who didn't start with him. Jeez, it must be tough to watch football. Oh, yeah. I, it was it was a mental health thing for me more than anything, more than Bryce or anything else. And he, looking at the table you sent through earlier, he's the ninth most traded in player, even though a lot of us already own him. So that's the people who are just – wanting to watch football again. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And people coming up with all that cash to trade in an 840K guy. I guess the assumption was that he was going to drop cash because you couldn't go up from that point, but he's proven everybody wrong. Yeah, and it's the it's the age old. If you're not sure, bring in the higher price guy. And if he bombs, you can downgrade. But if they go ballistic, it's a lot harder to upgrade. And I, always, I think about it these days is what's going to make me feel sicker. I captain Teddy against South and he gets 75, so 150 with captain, which is a great score. Or I don't captain him and he gets 150. Yeah, yeah, you'd be kicking yourself. And who's going to, if you put on someone else, who can you confidently say is going to outscore him even when he's playing South? Like, yeah, who, and <laughs> what, what makes it really hard this week is that Cleary um, concerns because you, if you even if you wanted to try and loop Teddy, um, Cleary or you know Sam Walker might be your option to do that. But Walker plays in the same game and Cleary plays before him, so you, there's no clear way to run that loophole this week. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, yeah. I'm just, just go for it. Set Lock and it forget. In. It's truly set and forget. Like when you asked me who'd I VC, I didn't even know. And I think it's just on Cleary from last week. That's how much I've been thinking about <laughs> options other than just straight. Mate, on may Teddy. as well VC because <laughs> Teddy's going to kill it. Yeah, that's it. All right, mate. That that sort of brings us to the end. Um, thank you very much for coming on here. As you said, JT's out. So it was great to be able to jump on and have a chat with you. I really enjoy talking footy with you. Uh, even though you're a Broncos fan, we can look past that. Uh, we can look past it, mate. Exactly. Um, is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we um, call it a night? 
No, I think we've covered all the main things. I, I guess uh, just for anyone who's stuck in that, oh, we need five trades again, just just think about what your team needs the most. Like, uh, do you need do you need points? Do you need cash generation? Do you need a combination? Uh, and just let that guide you. Like, if you need if you've maybe stuffed up a couple of cheapies, then that's probably your priority over going uh, bringing in like a Barnett. You might need to bring in a James and a, a Braley or something like that. So just think about what your team needs rather than what everyone else is doing because they might be in a different situation to yourself. So try and prioritise what just what you're looking at with your side. And it's only two weeks out of a long season. So even if you're a little bit down at the moment, anything can happen. Like you might get on the right pot at the right time or a popular player might go down or you have a really lucky captaincy. So it's definitely, a, definitely not curtains after two rounds. Yeah, exactly right, mate. It's a marathon, not a sprint. We've got another 23 weeks of this. Jeez, that's beautiful. I really like that. Um, thank you again, mate. I appreciate that. JT's not here this week, so I'm not going to play us out with his Cowboys song. Thought I'd go for something a little bit different. Sing along if you know the words. Good to have you on, mate. Thanks, mate. It's not going to play it now. All good. Outstanding. Oh, mate, has the mail. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Grisman, Pat. Grisman, <laughs> Pat. And it's black and white, cat. Oh, <laughs> outrageous. <laughs> outrageous things. Thanks again, Stylesy. I'll talk to you later, mate. I won't be back after that. <laughs> Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime round out Mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market